0: What's going on, Winnipeg fans all across the U.S. and Canada? You're now boarding at the Winnipeg Terminal. I'm Mike Dandrea, along with Joe Pritchard, and uh, Joe, we have some very big news today, and uh, I'll have you break it, and we'll talk just a little bit about it because there's not a lot of details yet.
1: Yeah, well, there's been names thrown around on this, but we're gonna we're not gonna name names here yet because there's still developments happening with it, but. Long story short is the um, sexual assault allegations from the 2018 Canadian World Juniors team. Uh, that story took an, took another turn today. London police are asking five five people involved to surrender to them in the near future. I'm sure that if you're watching this, you probably already know about this, but. It, it we'd be remiss not to bring it up and make mention of it given that that news is breaking the same day we're running with this. Yeah,
0: absolutely and like you said we don't want to name the names just because we don't want to circulate any rumors that may or may not be true. So it is a developing story and of course next week it's likely that we may have at least a few more details and we'll be able to dive into the latest of course but again we're not here at the Winnipeg terminal to spread any rumors. So just wanted to touch on that. Again, very big story, lots of turns. And uh, we'll, of course, touch on that uh, in a bit. But there's plenty of news taken off out of Winnipeg. So I would have to say let's just kind of get it out of the way where a very long streak of three goals or less, that came to an end. And in some cases, I, I saw on a few Facebook groups too, uh, there were some questions about, well, you know, bonus, was he doing the right thing? Did he want to preserve the streak? Or is he trying to show that he's playing to win by pulling the goalie? And I think he's playing to win. You know, I think streaks, they're great to have, but, you know, you play to win. I forget who was it that said you play, to, Edwards. Win the game. You play to
1: win the game.
0: <laughs> yes. And I mean, that saying rings true. And I think again, that, uh, he does. He could probably give a rip less about streaks.
1: No, and they were playing to win. They were playing to win. They were in Boston against a very tough Boston team, against a tough Boston crowd. Actually, I was listening to this on the radio uh, on my way home from some things I was doing on Monday night. Heard them with about seven minutes to go in the third. Hey, look, Boston's got a power play. I'm like, you know what's going to happen? Boston's going to score here we'll be down two, they'll pull the goalie, and Boston will score their fourth. And that's exactly what ended up happening. I didn't even have to see it to know what was going to happen then.
0: Yeah, and I mean, Boston's a tough team. And I mean, every every team is going to have their off night. And of course, when you're playing another top team, you want to be on your game. You want to be on your A game. But especially when you have those injuries, I mean, yeah, of course, the Jets, we talk until we're blue in the face about how deep the team is, that where depth is thrown around so much. Uh, but at the end of the day, when your injury report is this thick, you know, there's obviously going to be some issues that you run into when you play a powerhouse like Boston.
1: Yeah, and then they're also going into two games against Toronto, one being really soon after we record here. So we're not going to have details on Wednesday, game. You'll probably be listening to this on Thursday or later Wednesday night, or you know what's happening. We don't yet. So you don't know. <laughs> so we can't say anything, but they go into Toronto tonight and then host Toronto on Saturday. Tonight, at least they're down Shifley and Velarde. Hopefully they're back for Saturday. Sounds and like you it's know, a day-to-day thing.
0: Yeah. And I was just about to touch on that too, with the Shifley situation. i I'm hoping that this doesn't turn into an Ealer situation where it was day to day became week to week and seemingly became month to month. And, you know, of course you don't want to send someone out there when they're not ready yet because then it becomes a much larger issue. But I mean, still you, you want to see one of your top playmakers. Like we said, Shifley's a point per game guy this year. So, that's a big loss, I mean, you got Kyle Connor back, which is great, and you have the very deep team, but you know still losing one of your most tenured players to a day to day injury that keeps going on, of course, that's going to make an impact,
1: yeah, it definitely hurts it really hurts them because they've lost a lot of chemistry between different players coming in and out of the lineup it's good It's going to be hard to recover what they've had. They've had this wonderful long streak of being really tight defensively, really solid core. Got to find a way to get that back. Now we do have all-star weekend coming up. So a few players get to rest. A few players get to go. So we'll have to see how the rest would, the rest seems to be coming at a good time for Winnipeg. Even like a week ago, I'm like, do we have to do the all-star break? Everything's clicking uh, all cylinders. But right now, Maybe it's a good time for it.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, and, you know, the the best teams, they they face adversity, you know, and it's what you do. All teams, I should say, face adversity. And it's a matter of what you do with it. And the best teams overcome that adversity. And for the most part, the Jets have been able to do that. And let's just, let's not put the cart before the horse. Sure, we lost a streak. Sure, we lost a game, you know, by multiple goals. But that doesn't mean that the sky is falling. You know, like they could still bounce back and a win in Toronto, that would be huge, you know, carrying that momentum back home and being able to put together another streak going into the all-star break. And then, like you had said, the rest is coming at a pretty much the perfect time. And you know, you you hope that those guys rest up, they heal up, and then just take the second half of the season by storm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they've had injuries all from the beginning of the season. They've had players in and out of the lineup it, just having a little bit of time to refocus, recharge the batteries. It's a long season. It's really hard to do what they've done so far. And it's, it will be nice for them to get a nice break. Take, take all the weight off their shoulders for a few days and then come back firing.
0: Oh, absolutely. And, yeah, I mean, sure, the the defense might not have been there as great, but let's just keep in mind how much of a powerhouse Boston is, you know, on offense, too. And the question is now, Toronto, is that going to be an issue? I know they're a very top-heavy team, and one can argue that they always have an AHL goalie because they can't afford, you know, anybody with how much they pay their top What – what is it – the big four that they have that have or what five that have like 80 or 40 million dollars i keep getting the numbers mixed up because i don't have them in front of me right now but was it 40 million between like four players four or five players
1: yeah they're very top heavy like you said right and i'd love to come out of the back-to-back with toronto with a split that'd be great because they are very, very talented the top four are getting paid for a reason
0: Yes, absolutely. If the Jets
1: can get back to their defensive play, if they can can find a way to grind out a couple of low-scoring victories, that'd be great. Um, It seems to be the way they've had to do it because the scoring hasn't been quite as electric as it has been. But honestly, if if we're going to lose the streak and it was going to happen eventually, I'm glad it was to a team like Boston in Boston as opposed to just... Laying an egg against like an Anaheim or something like that, just coming off flat.
0: San Jose at home, (sighs)
1: bad enough to lose two. Yeah, that
0: would uh, that'd be embarrassing. Yeah, (laughs) but um, now you know, this kind of alludes to what we were talking about last week too, where you know, we were talking about should we touch this team, you know, at the trade deadline, uh, but. When we are injury depleted like that, and of course going into the postseason, you are if you want to make that run all the way to the cup, you're going to play teams that are on par, if not better, with Boston. It's likely at this point in the season. Of course, we're just a little more than halfway through. But uh, at this point, it looks like Vancouver is going to be the team to beat, at least one of them, in the Western Conference. So do you, just in case we do have more injuries and sure we have the depth, but do you think that maybe we should try and exhaust a little bit of that depth for the sake of getting another big score? So one guy goes down, you have another one that's there to step up.
1: Wouldn't hurt. And there's some cap room to play with this year. Uh, But in coming years, some of the young players are going to need raises. So you're probably not going to be looking for somebody long-term. So if you could find a good deal out there, something that makes sense, great. But this group is built to go on and win in the future, too. So don't sell the farm just for this one shot.
0: Sure. And, you know, maybe I think what would be a good move is something like what Kevin Hayes was supposed to be upon his arrival. Remember, of course... Might not have. OK, maybe we'll we'll say this. Maybe not what Kevin Hayes was supposed to be, but what a Stasney was. Like, yeah, not your biggest that
1: changed. Knee. That changed that team.
0: Yeah. Like that. He just, you know, he fit. And it was really sad when he went to Vegas. But, you know, and it, it was funny because I was I'll admit I was one of those that would give him the boo bird every time that he touched the puck. Just because I, I felt a little slighted because of how much he was to that team. And then just to leave, to go to the team that beat us in the Western Conference Final. And then for him to come back, you know, his first game back, I was like, okay, it's like he never left. Yeah,
1: we had we did have Stassi round two, if I remember correctly as well. Mm-hmm. Didn't quite go as well as the first.
0: No. But uh, it was it was nice to see him back, and apparently Nate Schmidt had a lot to do with that because they played together in Vegas, and then uh, when he went to Vancouver, obviously Stastny didn't go with him there. But Schmidt ends up in Winnipeg, and Stastny's in free agency, and says, "Hey, come back here."
1: Yeah, I guess I guess the question is the question I have about making a big move is. Is it going to be a buyer's market or a seller's market? Because if it's a buyer's market, I'd feel a lot more likely to say, "Okay, we'll pay a little bit below retail and make an addition." But if it becomes if it becomes a seller's market, how much do you, how much extra do you throw on top to get a piece you might not necessarily need?
0: True, and
1: but we do have time too. Isn't the trade deadline about a month away at this point?
0: About that, yeah. But, right, it's, the rumor it's, mills are
1: just starting to crank up,
0: yeah. and it's nice to think about, like, you know, one thing that I've noticed with this team too is like, I don't know, it must be the system that they have in place because you don't Chevy never really gets the big, big name. you know, like he's not gonna go for the Patrick Kane at the trade deadline. Watch I say that, and things happen. But he's not gonna go for, you know, like the the big name that's out there. But he'll bring in some guy that, you know, like we said, Stastny, for example, who very talented and could be second, even first line on some teams. Uh, but just the way that they gel with that system, it just it blows my mind how they can play like one of those elite players in this system.
1: Yeah, and I do know Calgary's got some decisions to make on a few of their upcoming free agents. So how their how their next month goes and whether they're going to make a playoff run and try to add or sell is going to determine a lot of how the market's going to play out.
0: Now, speaking of former Calgary Flame, uh, what what would you think? Because this, of course, like I said, we don't spread rumors. This is more speculation. It's a what if, but there have been some uh, ties to the name Sean Monahan, And I tell you, he is one guy that I would actually love to see in this system. I think that he would thrive.
1: Yeah, I don't, I'm not, yeah, that, it's, what I was, what I was saying earlier is it just depends on how much, how much of a market there is for him. If sure. they're adamant on yeah. trading them, trading him, and they're not getting a lot of bites, I like discounts. I mean, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll I'll take it there. I just don't know if, like, I've been seeing first round pick attached to, to his name, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure on that. I like I like that the team is built to compete in the next five years. Mm-hmm. And I just don't want to throw away. I'm, I might think about throwing away a first rounder if the team's only got two or three, two years left on their window. But right now, that window is wide open.
0: That's also true. Now, uh, yeah, the the first round might be a, attached to his name and everything. But you think about the depth that we already have, and you might be able to, if obviously this could be a situation where he's more than a rental, in which case he's not old either so i mean he could still contribute to the future too so i, I think yeah, that
1: more than if you're getting more than a couple months out of them that might help too
0: yeah so should be interesting i i like you know for example we were talking about this before about how nino niederreiter is trying to change that uh view that predisposition of winnipeg to everyone else by saying how it's such a great hockey city to play for and why he wanted to stay. You know, he wasn't going to be a rental. He was going to stay here. And you know, you have another guy like Nemesnikov for example, you know, he loves the city, he loves the team and he produces when obviously when he's healthy. And uh, anyways, I mean, I think that there there's something to be said about that and the culture may be changing and We've we've thrown that term around before too, the culture change.
1: Yeah, we could certainly hope that if the Jets do make a move, it's not just for a rental, it's for a player that could stick for longer than a couple months. Banners fly forever though. So if they do end up adding a rental and win a cup, I all is forgiven, even if it turns out to be if it turns out the pick we trade is a future Hall of Famer, well that banner flies forever. So like
0: that is very so true.
1: Yeah, sometimes it's got sometimes you have to make the painful decisions and uh, I just don't know quite yet if it's if it's required but we're at the beginning of the silly trade season so it's time to start thinking that way
0: hmm and also like you know keep in mind and I mean this is definitely what's on the front of a GM's mind I've I, you know I've armchair GM over here of course but um, you know like You think about it when you have a position that you're in where you're one of the top teams, your first round picks, not like it's going to be a top 10, you know? So of course you're still a first round is still huge. Let's not, you know, uh, downplay that
1: one. The further you get, the better, the worse that pick gets. So Mm -hmm. if you're going to make a move, make it pay off.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I mean that you see this all the time too. You can make it a conditional first, like, "Hey, if we get to say the Western Conference Final, even, or if we make the final, uh, then it becomes a first-round pick. Or uh, if not, then it's a second-round pick, so on and so forth." So that could sweeten the pot a little bit too.
1: Yeah, it certainly could. There's a lot of there's a lot of creativity that they could use, and the Jets have cat space this year if they if they if they Maybe they pay a little bit less
0: to take on more of a cap hit. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, I'm pretty optimistic about how uh, things are going as far as the Jets are concerned. Sure, you know, lost a big one to Boston, but it, at the end of the day, it was a powerhouse. But they're also an Eastern Conference team too. Yeah. So
1: yeah, you'll take those losses a little bit easier than you'll take a loss to save vegas or especially a divisional rival
0: absolutely or now, vegas. not that i've been yes. there or anything yeah i was gonna say i i had this conversation actually earlier today about my least favorite teams and vegas is always up there and i think it all stems from that western conference final in vegas's inaugural year Yeah. Not uh, a fan of theirs. Yeah, neither am I. But uh we've got a little more than Jets news to talk about today on the Winnipeg terminal. There is plenty of going on or plenty of stuff going on with the Bombers. So, let's uh let's talk about it first. Let's maybe some would look at this as bigger news and some may say it's the not the biggest news out of all of the Bombers news that we have, but Zach Kalaros on Sunday night football in the press box with T Swift.
1: And every time he, he'd come on screen and they, of course, they're showing Taylor Swift, they're showing Jason Kelsey, but you see Zach in the background. And every time it's like, insert Terrell Owens, that's my quarterback.gif. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's exactly how it felt. And, you know, I saw all the memes on Facebook and everything too, saying that, uh, You know, oh, I guess Taylor Swift is going to be at all the Bombers games now. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I don't think we're going to get quite that lucky,
0: but... I don't think so either.
1: One degree of Taylor Swift. Zach Claros could claim that.
0: (laughs) That is just so (laughs) funny, though. Like, I mean, of course, the Taylor Swift and Jason Kelsey, too. But uh, that was actually really nice to see Jason support his brother like that, too. Like, he wasn't just there and... You know, street clothes. He was wearing the the Chiefs beanie too. And I couldn't read what his shirt said when he had it on, anyways. I couldn't read what it said.
1: Yeah, I did start watching until his shirt was off. So
0: <laughs> that now, was what we need
1: to so do crazy. though. What we need to do though is we need to get uh-huh. Jason Kelsey. And you, you remember the Ottawa Center a while back that pounded a beer <laughs> on the field. <laughs> Jay, John got you know, the job watch look like. Yes. We need to get those two together for a beer drinking contest.
0: You know, I think another one that uh, you might appreciate for this is uh, we can get them and then David Bakhtiari.
1: Okay. I'm in.
0: Cause uh, what was it? I think it was at a bucks game that Aaron Rodgers is there and he's just like slowly drinking his beer and Mm -hmm. trying to chug it. And then Bakhtiari sees him and, just throws it back.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh yeah. We could we could we we could make this fun.
0: Yeah absolutely lots that uh lots that we could do with that but now on to other bombers news uh what's going on with investors group field
1: it's gonna become princess auto stadium so change the, of the being, turf they're changing sorry, the turf they're changing the name of the turf Mm-hmm. Uh, we're working. We're working diligently as a Balber fan base on what pithy nickname we can give it instead of calling it Princess Auto Stadium. Uh, it seems like the toolbox is winning so far, but we'll see.
0: Yeah, I mean, just call it the Princess. You know, just just live with it. Call it Barbie's the, World the th- or whatever. The throne, the throne room.
2: <laughs> the throne room is Lord. out there.
0: Oh, that sounds like. The I mean, it,
1: it, it works. It works even better when they're the champs. But
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: we'll get back there. We'll get back there.
0: Yeah, maybe next year. Well, twenty twenty five. That's where they're going all in, of course.
1: That's the hope.
0: I I just hoping do... that. but
1: Oh, go ahead. Go ahead.
0: I was saying I was uh, hoping that you know they they can actually make something materialize out of that, but you know it's just. Uh, We'll
1: we'll have to we'll have to see. Yeah, that, that seems to be what they're aiming for. Stanley Bryant's coming back, like we mentioned last week. Drew is <sighs> in for the next two years. Always good to, yeah, have, that's him, huge. to have him around. He is from watching the powers in the mid 2010s where they had nobody at Canadian receiver to going from that to Debsky and Tursky, That's a winning combination there.
0: Oh, absolutely. And you know, I what are your what are your thoughts? Who do you think is gonna be their biggest challenge this year? Because I, I think that uh, I mean, of course, it's January, but uh based off of what we've done in the offseason and what other teams have done, what are your thoughts on who the team to beat is? Because i I'll be honest. I don't know if the Bombers are going to be the team to beat. I would hope that that's the case, of course. But I want to get your thoughts on this.
1: Well, BC's been nipping at our heels the last couple of years. Almost took the West uh, in a couple different ways. But that late October Midnight Classic was fun. Was fun. It was great to see the Bombers come out on top on that, come out on top on the West Final. Uh, so BC is going to be knocking on the door. Edmonton's a couple years away, Calgary's a couple years away, Saskatchewan, who knows, depending on which way they go. It really feels like it's Winnipeg and B.C. for the next two years, and B.C.'s got additional motivation this year with it. great cup being in Vancouver this year. Uh, Ottawa's taking some steps to climb out of the basement. They traded for Drew Brown's rights for a fifth-round mm-hmm. pick, so Winnipeg got something for nothing because
0: they weren't going to— He was going to walk anyway. anyways.
1: Right. And then Drew and then Brown signed with Ottawa officially today. So he's there. Uh, made a lot of other moves. Their receiver cores starting to start to climb back up. Montreal is going to be a threat. Toronto's going to be a threat. I mean, really, the only team that doesn't seem all that threatening this, this next year out east is Hamilton because they just seem to want to keep running it back. And yeah. They, and they keep climbing down the standings while they're doing that. So, I mean, Toronto went 16 and two. They're, they they played their worst game of the season in the playoffs, so they're going to be a threat. Montreal's the champs; you can never discredit that,
0: right? Ottawa, Ottawa's it's got a ways to go, but they're it's... making
1: the right steps now. Finally,
0: yeah, yeah, that one was a a little heartbreaking, but you know, Hamilton they almost kind of remind me of uh, what Chicago the Blackhawks were before they uh, before they finally decided to blow it up
1: where they were just stagnant and they were just, yeah, they were fine sitting at nine and nine every year or eight and 10 or, Mm -hmm. and just never finding the way to climb up or climb down.
0: And like, there's something to be said about like wanting to keep a team together for the sake of chemistry, because sure. You know, you get a little bit of experience together. You don't really shake up the roster too much. You do get that chemistry, but When that chemistry doesn't really get you anywhere, I mean, you're going to have to make some changes at that point. And I
1: understood why they stuck stuck it out last year, because they were getting the game in Hamilton again in 2023. That's why they made the trade for Mitchell's rights. That's why they tried to make him the starter, even though he kept getting hurt. Uh, So they ended up having Taylor Powell play quite a lot of the season. looked pretty decent, something to build on. But now they're bringing Mitchell back. I, I, I'm going to need to see. I'm going to need to see what they do in free agency before I'm going to be. Uh, I'm going to have much positive to say, honestly, because they do sure. need to make changes. They don't have the excuse of "let's try one more time with what we've got." We had a down year last year. Well, now you've had two straight down years. So fix it or don't. I mean, yeah, or perfect. don't. <laughs> very, very
0: happy. Yeah. What? Um. I mean, I like some of the moves that that we've made thus far. What What other uh, moves would you like to see Winnipeg make to kind of get us to return to the Grey Cup again? You know, in this year, and hopefully for twenty twenty five.
1: I think getting Brady back is the first thing. If I had to make a choice, I have the money for either Brady Oliveira or Dalton Schoen. And I love Visa Dalton Show, believe me. But between the two, I'm taking Brady because he's such a unique fit for what we do. Uh, you, you get a Canadian back like that, you're breaking the ratio. Oh yeah, you're you've got you, you can't teams can't spread it out against all your receiving talent. The, they they'll find somebody in Phil Dalton or Dalton Show's shoes. He was out for Chuck last year. Kenny was out for Chuck last year. But they kept ha- finding players to make plays. But Brady would be so much tougher to replace the Dalton Schoen would be.
0: Yeah. I'd have to agree on that. But I'd yeah, also like I'd to have...
1: see their offensive line. Uh, They still got a couple offensive linemen that are unsigned. I'd like to see them bring that back because that offensive line has been a unit the past couple of years.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's honestly one of the, the biggest reasons why all the time to pass all of the, the holes for running too. It's just incredible what job they've done.
1: Oh yeah. 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 And the offensive line coach has coached Steven's point. So he's, He's got a little bit of a local, local, <laughs> yeah. local feel for us too.
0: Yeah, that's kind of cool. You know, I mean, I I feel like there's a lot of Wisconsin connections to the bombers. Just you know, the fact that, of course, Stevens Point, and well, the Packers played at uh, print the what would you call it, the throne room? There we go. So that they did. That, that what was it? The uh, Raiders, I think they played.
1: Yeah, that's when the Raiders had decided they were going to leave Oakland, but hadn't, you know, made arrangements to leave
0: Oakland yet. Lame, oh, can, lame we have this Oakland da-
1: can we have this date for a preseason game? No, go away. You're not
0: staying here anyway.
1: <laughs> okay, we'll farm them out to throw a dart at the map. Okay, that place.
0: <laughs> it's kind of like the Oakland Athletics now, the lame duck Athletics.
1: Yeah, for like four or five years, the way they're playing it.
0: Yeah, it, that whole situation just seems amiss to me. Like, I, I think it's funny all the, the fans saying, like, you know, sell the team and everything because they want it's uh, maybe too little too late because it, that uh, no one shows up to those games. And all of a sudden they did that reverse boycott where they packed the stadium just to try to get them to sell the team. And it's like, just to show them
1: we're here. If you give us a product, you haven't given yeah. us a product in years. Like we mm-hmm. get it. You you pitch pennies, you do the money ball thing. You try to find unique ways to contend, but like eventually you got to throw a little bit of money around. Right. And they yeah. never did.
0: I love how we went from talking bombers to the Oakland athletics. One of the most irrelevant teams in sports.
1: That's yeah. I mean, The whole Bay Area is just having, besides the San Francisco 49ers and the San Francisco Giants, they've been kind of, things haven't been going so well for them lately.
0: Yeah. And, you know, going, talking about the 49ers now, why does Brock Purdy get so much hate at this point? Like, that guy has done everything that's asked of him. And sure, he does have some very good receivers and he has CMC as his running back so like of course he has the weapons around but like i mean you got you have a guy like kenny pickett on the steelers yes i'm picking at my own team here uh but he has some playmakers around him he has warren harris pickens johnson fryer Muth, washington and so he has a very good receiving core and very good running backs but pickett has just not been it I don't want to talk too ill of him, but he just does, doesn't seem to have the stuff that Brock Purdy does.
1: Well, and Brock Purdy was competing against Trey Lance, who was a third overall pick in the draft at one point, and beat him out. So,
0: sad. That, North Dakota, Dakota State product too.
1: And that doesn't tell you that he has sub talent, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, like, I mean the Packers had almost a similar thing happen, where they had Matt Flynn, a seventh rounder, beat out Brian Brom former bomber second route pick to be rogers main backup for a while now bomber fans if they haven't completely blocked their memory of him will tell you that brian Brom was not there's a reason brian Brom didn't make it
0: yeah and i mean maybe you could argue oh well he was learning under aaron Rodgers.
1: Uh usually usually quarterbacks that go through the Packers system do a little bit better than that.
0: Yeah, yeah, that they do. And all well, Jordan Love is proving that too. Spent a few yeah, years, I mean even all bench. the
1: backup even all the backups that cycle through through Green Bay tend to go somewhere else and do well. So
0: so what you're saying is now Clifford should go back to Pennsylvania and solve all the Steelers' quarterback problems. Sure
1: why not. I'm okay with that.
0: <laughs> is Penn State product, so now I'll switching gears from bombers and jets and whatever other teams that we've been talking about. We've pretty much covered all sports at this point. When this is predominantly a Winnipeg podcast, but uh yes, just but wanted to
1: podcasts do go this way and that way from time to time. It's just oh, the nature of the
0: absolutely. Base. And uh now to kind of land this plane a bit, just wanted to finish up talking about our introductions into hockey. And Joe, I'll have you go first.
1: The first time I remember being introduced to hockey was back in a day where college sports weren't quite as much of a commodity as they are now. The first hockey game I remember ever seeing was when the Wisconsin Badgers were on the local PBS stations at 1030 at night, being not even live. They would tape the game and put it on after they put it on at 1030 at night. Wow! so anytime the badgers had a home game basketball football hockey and i mean they were garbage in every sport except for hockey at this point they would put them on at 10 30 and so my dad would work nights but on fridays he'd be home early which would be like nine Mm -hmm. o'clock so we would stay up and watch whatever was on tv which is hey this is how i got the cfl that's why i'm talking to you here because Friday nights in the summer in the nineties, oh look, there's a CFL game. Let's go. But 1030s on Fridays and Saturday nights would be some sort of Badger game. And the first Badger hockey game I remember, there was this guy named Joseph playing goaltender. It's like I, I, I know that name. I like that name. Turned <laughs> out he was a pretty good player.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, just he was just okay.
1: Just okay. Just okay. Yeah, so he. Yeah, I mean, that was the first time I remember ever seeing hockey. I mean, I probably stayed up for like a period before I crashed, but asked all the questions. Sure. What does this mean? What does that mean? Was this mean? my little boy right now is six years old? Does the same
0: thing. So. Gonna get into Has to it. Get down,
1: down generation to generation.
0: Huh. Well, that's kind of cool. I like that story.
1: Yeah, might and... have even been a very might, might even have been, been against State State, but I can't. Say that oh sure. you had to do that. No, they might say close, they might have won that game for all I know.
0: That's fair. I don't remember a
1: but, dang bit about it. I just remember that goalie's name because it was my name.
0: Sure. Well, I guess that makes sense. But um now mine was so I went like learned how to ice skate when I was three years old, and it was funny because. My mom took me to these lessons and they had all the kids that were like my age or whatever. And not to say that I was the world's greatest skater because I was probably like any other three-year-old, but I always watched like the older kids that were doing the learning how to skate. And they were like doing more than just like, you know, bubbles with your feet like that or whatever they were turning backwards. They were doing the snowplow stop and everything. And so I was like, I want to, you know, go with these kids. So I kept gravitating towards them. And then like the instructors would pull me back in with my age group and everything. And, uh, then also my dad, huge Penguins fan. Uh, he had from the 1991 Stanley cup final, the Penguins versus the North stars. And he had this really nice picture of, uh, I want to say, It was either, maybe it was Yager, maybe it was Straka or someone. Uh, I don't think it was Lemieux because I feel like I would know that, but uh, was like on a breakaway. And it was this picture from behind the North Stars goalie. And uh, anyways, I was like asking him, I was like, oh, when was, were you at this game? I was a little kid, of course. So like, I think that he took the picture. And um, anyways, like I'm asking him all about it. And he gives me this really long answer about like, how the penguins were really struggling. And then all of a sudden they get these superstar guys that, you know, come out of the blue, Mario Lemieux, Yarmir Yager. And I was like, these names are kind of fun. I didn't end up liking the penguins, of course, but uh, I just started to get into hockey, just seeing the excitement in my dad. And then it kind of made me excited like that too.
1: Yep. So it sounds like we both have similar stories, just different pathways to getting there.
0: Yeah, mine was a picture, and yours was a game. (laughs) Yep, yep. We also had the little um,
1: we we also had table hockey from like the 70s, too. Oh,
0: yes, I think like the the,
1: the bubble hockey. No, no bubble on it, just the table, just the oh, sure. That table got ruined because I mean you give it to a six year old and leave it until he's, you know, twelve, thirteen, he's gonna beat on it for, for <laughs> time and time again. Which is too bad because one of the teams was Montreal and one of the teams was the Oakland Seals. So that might have <laughs> that might have been worth a little bit of money had I taken better care of it. But by the time yeah, I got it, maybe it was already a little bit... bit beat up already. So
0: Oh my gosh, that's kind of funny.
1: Yeah, yeah, now I have, uh, now I have a table hockey one from like the mid '90s with the NHL logos and the whales and the Campbell Conference on there. So, oh, well, that's kind of cool though. Yep, that's also taking a little bit of a beating, but it's still functional.
0: What what teams are there? So, oh, you said it just was the, just, just
1: the All Star, just the All Star, All-Star. or the league logo and the All Star jerseys.
0: Sure, I was going to say if you had like a uh, Hartford Whalers and. uh like a Quebec Nordiques or something like that might be worth some money. Yeah.
1: I did want, I did want other teams, but it just didn't work out.
0: Sure. Yeah. That'd be kind of cool.
1: Just a bit. Cause the game would have been right in that time frame too.
0: So it would have been great. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, well any other last minute topics you want to clear up? We've kind of hit everything Taylor Swift. We hit the Oakland Athletic. Yeah, everything from Taylor Swift to the Oakland Oakland
1: Athletics and the Oakland Seals. So, and speaking of which, we also hit on those North Raiders
0: and the North Stars.
1: We hit the North Stars that became that split and became the North Stars and the Sharks. Same ownership as, yeah, they basically were a rebirth of the Seals if you follow the money
0: so that's also true
1: we've we've hit a lot of points tonight in only 40 minutes somehow
0: i am actually impressed with that all right
1: I'll well take my, i'll take my victories when i can get them
0: i think so too and that would be it for the winnipeg terminal we are clear for landing for the dub go jets go